the Monday edition of the Best Bets program. Matthew Cox running the point today from his new satellite location, this time on the West Coast, Jim, Kai, my cohorts, my colleagues, my esteemed buddies. How are you? Jim, Kyle, I'll go, actually, now I'll go to Kai first. Kai, what uh, you doing this weekend? What'd you do this weekend? Saw you for, uh, I don't know, plenty of time on Saturday. So you did. Uh, tell folks about our little chili cook-off and the, yeah. the awards and the, your, your championship and all that good stuff. I wasn't yeah. going to mention it, but since you bring it up, yes, uh, we had a chili cook-off this weekend. Matt and Jim were there. Yes, I did win. Yes, I did host the the uh, the cook-off. Was there a little bit of foul play behind the scenes? I'm saying no, but there is some speculation from the crowd. Um, they they think I cheated. I didn't. I let the chili speak for itself. I've never won the cook-off. I, I was excited to win it, so thanks, guys, for coming. To we're going chili. to a neutral site next year. It'll be a neutral yeah. site. Neutral site next year. Yeah. I haven't known that Kai's wife counted the votes. She did count the votes. Hmm. Yep. Another like shady thing, for sure. Matt is in California. The guy's a world traveler. This guy's everywhere. Coast to coast. We love it. My takeaways are basketball. Ohio State. How about them? They got off the schneid. They beat Illinois. Who says no to winning the Big Ten tournament? I do. They probably won't do it. But Michigan also, Jim, beats Wisconsin. Makes the bubble a little bit more interesting. Bracketologists, get ready, sharpen those pencils. It's coming up. Jim. Yeah, this might have been the craziest weekend of the season, just given the buzzer beaters, some of the the results that we got. I mean, the Arizona State, Arizona game, Kai, we flipped over to that uh, Mm -hmm. at the cookoff and were flabbergasted at the 60-footer that Cambridge hit to win that game. Just stunning stuff, Matt. It gave us the first taste of March as we head into the month and a couple days here. But man, the madness was already firing this weekend. Oh, shout out to Bradley for winning the Missouri Valley. First time in like 28 years, I think. Wow. Tip of the cap. Crazy, because that's been a good program for a while, and they've been good enough to win it many a time. Um, they've been NBC tournament, darling. One of my all-time favorite tournaments, uh, Kai, holds a near and dear place to our heart. We will get some kind of or we will get to some conference tournament action. On this show today, as we have the A Sun getting our conference tournament season off and running here, and then we get hot and heavy into the weekend. But first, we start with some Big 12 action. I feel like our show always starts with the Big 12 because it is the best league, so it deserves that spotlight. Jim, we're going down to Pokeland, Oklahoma State hosting Baylor. A very impressive weekend performance for the Bears. I think everyone and their mother was on the Bears in that game, expecting kind of that bounce back, get right spot against Texas. Wow, they delivered. Smart dude, yeah. I know. Well, they're all smarter than us, Jim. That's why. Uh, that's why we're just trying to live up to their standards. But Baylor looks good. But now they go on the road um, against a, I would say, fairly desperate Oklahoma State team. Will we agree with that? Could be a tricky spot here, right before um, as we kind of come down the stretch of regular season play. I'm going to say more than desperate. Oklahoma State's lost four in a row, and they are sinking rapidly towards the bubble. You make head-to-head comparisons of their resume with West Virginia, and it gets dicey. And I mean, Texas Tech is definitely outside-looking in compared to them, but Oklahoma State needs wins. You don't want to go into the end of the season losing six in a row. Uh, they've got at Texas Tech on Saturday, so it's certainly possible. But Kai, I think the big story is no Keontae George here. Uh, sprained ankle for Baylor. They're actually getting smashed by Texas when he got hurt, and they came back and had a super mm-hmm. impressive performance without him. Jalen Bridges really kind of emerged there. Still have Flagler, still have Cryer, Langston, Love, rather important. My my ACL brethren there. So it's not like Baylor is incapable without him, but taking away that that ceiling outcome with having a, a star freshman like that is a, a bummer. I think I lean towards Oklahoma State here without him, but I'm not betting this game. I, I don't have it figured out. Yeah, uh, obviously the injury concerns are, are both sides. Avery Anderson, I think, I think his absence is finally catching up with Oklahoma State. 0-4 against the spread last four games. Um, they just have trouble scoring without him. And Jim mentioned it. 
Baylor looked pretty good without George against Texas. And as a different, you know, uh, pregame when they know he's not going to play, probably. And, and he's certainly a very important player. Uh, obviously a good scorer for them. I do kind of lean the under in this game because those two guys are out. However, unders have been getting smashed uh, this past month, as we've, as we've mentioned a few times. Uh, I sort of lean towards Baylor, Matt. I, I think they're the better, I mean, clearly the better team. Um, I, I trust them a bit more, but I respect Oklahoma State's home floor. I stayed away. Um, short spread, you're asking to pick the winner here. Lean Baylor, but again, Gallagher, Iber, Arena. No thanks. Yeah, I think the home angle here makes me want to stay away, although I'm sort of tempted to hop on this little Baylor uh, mini mojo. I'm looking at Caleb Boone's splits the last four games, who's been kind of a uh, a revelation for Oklahoma State with CSA's injury early in the year, then Anderson's more recently. Um, just didn't do much against West Virginia and TCU. Two more physical teams, had big outings against Kansas State last over the weekend, and then Kansas back on Valentine's Day, three games before that. I think this is a favorable matchup for him. Uh, and the OK State front line, if they can exploit that, but I just don't like the trend the way they're playing right now. So, nothing for me. We stay yeah, in Big Twelve country. Okay, Jim. Matt, can I sneak in one more Oklahoma yeah. State stat? Uh, we we talked about no Anderson makes them tougher to it makes it tough for them to score. But last four games, they've given up one point two six, one point three three, one point one eight, and one point oh three points for possession. Like they're not stopping anybody. The, the defense has completely collapsed. It's a major issue for Oklahoma State. If that's not their bedrock, that's supposed to be, then what do they have? That's the question. Yeah, not much, um, especially without Anderson. Hi, Big 12 country is where we stay. We're heading to Ames. Hilton Coliseum. Cyclones hosting West Virginia. Mountaineers was a very impressive performance over the weekend. Um, yet another Big 12 road team going into Fog Allen and uh, competing. Now, KU's obviously had their burst, and they've done really nothing wrong over the course of this season. But I think you have to give some credit to the years here, a team that many people may be counted out for dead. People are throwing a ton of shade at their resume, but they need Big 12 wins. I think at the end of the day, they need to get this win today uh, at Iowa State, a team who is certainly reeling despite having a very gaudy and comfortable seed line. I like the spot here for West Virginia, even though they are on the road. What do you think? Yeah, well, the market likes Iowa State, and this is one of those examples of Ken Palm versus market. Ken Palm has his two. The market bet it up to five right now, Bet Rivers. Iowa State, you mentioned, they've been struggling. They've lost three straight. The, the game against Oklahoma was a bit concerning and certainly affected their analytical rankings, which is driving this, this line here. Um, it, excuse me, driving the Ken Palm line. The market doesn't care about that game and probably shouldn't, to be honest. That This team didn't get demonstrably worse in one game, right? Uh, I I agree. It's a pretty good bounce back chance here. Also a good revenge spot for them. West Virginia did beat them at in Morgantown by five earlier this season, but man, West Virginia, I would call this desperation mode. If they lose this one, the best they can do in the big 12 is six and 12. And while the committee doesn't pay attention to conference play or shouldn't pay attention, that's kind of tough to get over. That's an eyesore. Um, not necessarily on the team sheet, but they're well aware they're six and 12 in the big 12. They'd have to do some work in the tournament. I think to get to the big dance, um, I do think Iowa State has some nice matchup edges. They'll force turnovers. They can definitely compete on the glass with West Virginia, but the Mountaineers will get to the line a lot. Ultimately, Jim, I think the line is too high. Hilton Magic staying away. Plus five, though, lean West Virginia. Yeah, wanted to bet Iowa State here, uh, but I think the market has sucked out the value. Five is a lot to lay for a team that really struggles to score. Uh, the big battle is turnovers versus free throws. Um, is Iowa State going to force turnovers, or are they, are they going to foul a ton and give West Virginia a ton of chances at the line? Truthfully, the answer is probably both. There's going to be a lot of both of those things. 
but usually, Matt, again, we say it, the team's reliant on free throws. I like them more at home. That's West Virginia. They're really reliant on the whistle. And Iowa State's pressure at home in front of Hilton Magic, I think, is going to be tough for them to deal with. So, like Iowa State, don't want to lay five, maybe a money line parlay candidate, I guess. We don't often uh, discuss those. But, Matt, I'm starting to warm up to them a little bit with some of these uh, shorter favorites between, like, three and seven, something like that. Yeah. No, I I was torn in this game, too. It just I can't believe Iowa State's this bad. But then we talk about this roster and its limitations, and you – Bacon, the fact that they've had the injuries to their only shooters, uh, Caleb Grill being the notable there most recently. Um, you can see why they've had some major, major offensive issues. But um, yeah, it's just these games late in the season, I, I just don't like to get involved in, especially in the power conference. Um, do they just seem more random than usual? So just kind of an anecdotal take from me. I won't have any strong, profound opinions on those games. Uh, let's go to the ACC. Florida State, how about those Knowles, Mr. McKeon? Crazy comeback mm-hmm. over the Canes. Um, now they host North Carolina who took care of business against Virginia. Don't really give you and see much credit for that. I'll be honest. Cause I am more in the Virginia is fraudulent camp. I think the Knowles can keep that mojo rolling today. I do. Yeah. And, uh, and, and with that well, win, right. by the way, UNC now has a Q1 win. I, I have a hard time seeing the committee keeping UNC out of the field. Now that they have that clearly some still, some work still to do here, but no bad losses. And, 7-11 across Q1, Q2, plus your name is North Carolina. I, I feel like that kind of gets them on the right side of the bubble, but they do need to win this game to feel okay. And Florida State, you could argue it's a pretty bad spot for them coming off that crazy Miami win, the buzzer beater. It was an awesome game, uh, a start to finish. Jim, I just don't trust UNC in this situation at all, despite the quote-unquote tough spot for Florida State. They're 2-7 and seven against the spread the last nine. They're 1-3 ATS as a road favorite. And this line's high. It's like eight points. I just don't think I can lay that with UNC here. I'd lean towards Florida State. Yeah, eight points on this quick, quick turnaround where they are going on the road, whereas Florida State's coming home from Miami. That's not like terrible travel. I mean, it's, the state of Florida is bigger than maybe we give it credit for. Matt, the Florida expert, certainly knows it is. about it. Good size, Jim. Good size. Uh, the, the th- I wouldn't have it's been strong. brave enough to lean Florida State here because it kind of felt like they had quit in the season to me, but you don't come back from 25 down if you have quit. So there's <laughs> clearly some juice left in those uh in those tires i guess we'll call it uh maybe it's they they kind of played all their cards and are burnt out and don't have anything for this one but unc also hasn't really played two good games in a row in a while and kind of fun part is west for uh, virginia is down to like 25 in the net so they could fall out of the top 30 and mm-hmm. take away that q1 win for north carolina they need to keep winning can't be taking losses like this uh, i'm not laying eight with carolina on the road Matt. i just have no confidence in that team yeah, it's way too high. I mean, you can maybe convince me UNC starting to find their groove. I, I'm not there yet. I need to see more evidence. I think Florida State is a team who we believed in early on, and I think there's real evidence that they're starting to pick it up. So, yeah, eight's too many. I mean, I think this should be closer to five or six, um, even though you could argue it's a bad spot with Florida State off that just monumental win over in-state rival. Again, unless you have a really, really strong discernible edge in these big conference late-season games, I would recommend stay away. But hey, uh, I'm Matty Fence Rider for, for a reason. So um, live more dangerously than I do, I guess. But that mm. responsibly, of course. Um, <laughs> Kai, last game here before we get to chat mob round one. Wyoming hosting Nevada, heading out to Mountain West Country here. The Pokes have obviously been uh, decimated by injuries. It's just one of those teams where, again, I kind of put them on my no bet list. Tough to really handicap them with any uh, real confidence. And Nevada, obviously, on the road, they've been good away from home all season. Um, 
bringing in Hunter McIntosh back into the fold. Just again, another game where there's too many moving parts here. I have no interest. Where do you stand on this game? Yeah, uh, Nevada, by the way, quietly 33rd in Kempom right now. They've been looking very good recently. They're pretty much locked into the dance at this point. And you mentioned Wyoming. They're they're still in the shambles. I do think there's still a force to be reckoned with at home. There is still uh, respect to be given to them on their home floor with the altitude, the historical nature of their home court advantage. But Nevada, I think, is a tough matchup for them. They have positional size across the board, um, which is obviously a huge help against Wyoming, especially against Maldonado, a guy that posts guards up and tends to have an advantage in the backcourt there. It should be Nevada should be somewhat equipped to slow them down. And right now, Nevada, it's not even close to the, the level these two teams are playing at right now. I'm not sure Wyoming on the, on their home floor can can even put up a fight here. So I, I lean towards the Wolfpack. It's like five, five and a half. That'd be my lean, Jim. Yeah, five, five and a half. I mean, I just don't love laying a ton with road teams at this stage, but you're right. Nevada's playing a lot better. They've gotten Hunter McIntosh back, guys. They Very, very sneaky under the radar. Was presumed okay. to be their starting point guard entering the year. Um, he's now played 11 and 13 minutes last two games. Kind of a, a boost perimeter production, Elon transfer. They don't need him. Obviously, they've been really good. They're a tournament team even without him. But uh, they've managed to maybe even find a different gear mat with an extra score off the bench. It makes them a little less reliant on Blackshear to create everything, right. which is good. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of like what Nevada's becoming in Wyoming, man. It's tough. You're down to six or seven players. It's I don't I don't envy that situation at all. The size Kai mentioned, you can guard Maldonado in the post. They've got bigger wings and guards to do that. Takes away their their chief source of offense. So yeah, Matt, just matchup perspective, lean Nevada. Line maybe feels a tad high, but still lean Nevada. Yeah, I think it does feel a tad high, even with all the injury issues that Wyoming's dealing with. First meeting between these two this year, uh noteworthy there. And then yeah, Jim, the McIntosh angle, I think he's a great player. I worry that if they try and force him back in there too quickly, it's going to ruffle some feathers. But I think Alford's taken a very cautious approach. He only played, what, 11 or 12 minutes the last couple of games. Yep. Helps their depth for sure. And they've, that's been their one Achilles heel, I think, all year. So just things to keep an eye on as we enter uh, conference tournament season right around the corner. But before we get there, it's chat mob round one. Mr. Czar, dish me some questions. All right, not a ton happening, but I'm sure maybe we'll get more questions now. Uh, Matthew, Morgan State. Again, eight points at Maryland Eastern Shore. I know this Morgan State team is beat up and has a lot of injuries. Does eight points still feel kind of high there? Yes. Was it last week when we saw Morgan and Coppin both just play leaps and bounds better than they had in like the last two, three months? Made no sense. So maybe they're both kind of by lows, even with the injury question marks. I mean, eight points is a lot. That's just too many. I mean, the market disagrees with me. Apparently they see something I don't, but I think it's way too many. I lean toward Morgan. Uh, Kai from Wonka Dog, Weber State is on the road in Flagstaff. It is now flipped to a favorite. Uh, I think there was some pick at Bet Rivers, Weber State minus one at Northern Arizona. What are you thinking on this one? Uh, yeah, no, no play here. Tough place to play, Northern Arizona. Um, I, I, I don't trust Weber as much on the road as I do at, at their home floor, which is also very good. I guess I'd lean NAU or nothing. Um, I do see minus one and a half for NAU right now, but maybe I'm Yeah, a there's behind. a big move, big movement on uh, Majeski tweeted out, though we were HQ reporter mentioning how Duff said they have guys banged up and they're sick and maybe trying out some different things tonight because this game means literally nothing uh, to them. It doesn't mean anything yeah. to NAU either, but I think that's what explained the money. Um, well, yeah, I think NAU you have to win NAU. Yeah. They're playing better lately too, a little bit better. Uh, I'll take this one. Howard minus six and a half at South Carolina State. 
You know, Howard's last two games have been not good. And I think you can tie a line there to no Steve Settle, their big athletic wing, who hasn't had a great year for them, but he's like a 6'11 perimeter guy, which is super rare in the MIAC. And I think taking that out maybe has messed with their lineup a little bit. That said, I don't really trust South Carolina State. So I don't uh, ultimately have a bet on that game. But I do think that Settle's absence is noteworthy for Howard and, and make sure you're taking that into account. Um, Matthew. From the SWAC, Kelly V wants to know if you have a total take on Texas Southern and Alcorn State right now in the market that is sitting at 139 and a half. What do you think? I can cook up a total take. I think I like the under in this game. Um, feels a little high to me. I know Texas Southern has been, their, their pace has fluctuated a little bit, but I, I would lean under. I just think this game gets a little too, a um, little slower than what Ken Palm has is projected at. 60, what is that, 67? My internet would load here. Um, I lean under. Nothing strong, obviously, as you can tell I'm rambling. Uh, do you, anything on the side? De- Dennis just asked about that, too, on the game. Yeah, side, I like Alcorn. Um, I'm just continuing to fade this Texas Southern thing. I, I know they got their guys back, but they really haven't played a ton better. Um, the loss of Jackson State was a little bit concerning. You could argue they were starting to turn a, turn a corner those three games before, but I still don't like this Texas Southern team, and I think Alcorn's the better uh, more complete team and better coach team coming off that win uh, over, or that loss of the weekend at Prairie View. So not a big travel either to uh, nearby uh, Texas Southern there in Houston. Just in confirmed Steve Settle is out. Mr. Rothstein tweeting about Howard. Wow, how about John getting down in the into the MIAC? The MIAC. That's Love right, to see it. Uh, so he is officially out with a concussion. Uh, Northern Colorado will be in best bets. Norfolk mm-hmm. State is on the outline. We're hitting that next. So we can go back to the outline, Matthew, because I think we're going to hit everything that's been Let's do it. About. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Uh, back to the outline we go here. Oh, I just lost my outline. God dang it, Jim. Um, oh, there it is. We're talking current conference tournament action, baby. Queens hosting Florida Gulf Coast. Kai, going to you here first. Yeah. Some confusion this morning. Um, and it wasn't just us. It was, you know, odds boards and mm-hmm. reputable people who cover the sport. Where the heck is this game tournament being played? Yeah. So this game will be played. Um, how the A-Sun has structured this is the top two seeds, Liberty and Kennesaw. Uh, get to play their first game at home, and they play the winner of these two playing games today. So the winner of Florida Gulf Coast Queens will play Liberty. Is that correct? No, that's North Florida. And that, sorry, well, that's North Florida. It's, Bellarmine it's will play. It's reseeded, so it's high. high I thought it's reseeded. I thought sure. it's reseeded in the second round. Anyway, both okay. these games today, A Sun are on neutral courts. That's yes. all you need to know for the purposes of this mm-hmm. handicap. Um, yeah, Kai Queens took some money here at home. Uh, beat Florida Gulf Coast already once this year. I kind of was surprised to see Queens favored, but uh, that place will be rocking, man. New D1 team, first conference tournament action. They are it's ineligible not, for well, the it's, tournament. It's at Kennesaw. This is a neutral floor. There's confusion out there because the the A-Sun sites say like uh, say it's hosted by higher seats yep. and hosted on campus sites. It literally yep. says that out there, but this is on a neutral. It's at Kennesaw. This line got up to four. It opened pick offshore. It got to four points. I think people were presuming Queens was home. It's gotten bet back down to two. Kempom has his Florida Gulf Coast minus one. 
I agree with Ken Palm. I, I tend to think that uh, you hit the reset button in conference tournament action. I think your preseason uh, uh, and non-con uh, uh, opinions on teams tends to come back in conference tournament play. I know Florida Gulf Coast is a talented team. They are one of the most experienced teams in the country. They're well-coached, and they had an awesome non-con. They beat USC at USC. They beat Northern Kentucky. They won at St. Bonaventure. Then they crashed in conference play. They also were up on Queens by 12 points in that game. They blew it at the end, but they had them beat. Um, Queens is not a good ball screen defensive team. That's basically what what Florida Gulf Coast does. Queens defense just isn't there. Um, Give me Dunk City. Florida Gulf Coast plus two is actually my best bet I'm going with. Jim. There you go. Yeah, I'm on the other side. I like Queens. Uh, I think they've got the better guards. Love me some Kenny Dye. They they really get downhill. Maybe that isn't as strong here because they're a transition-reliant offense, and I think in tournaments that tends to uh, sputter out a little bit, but Still leaning their way. I was impressed they out-rebounded Gulf Coast in that first meeting. Higher rebound percentage on both ends of the floor. And that was without Gavin Reigns. He remains out for the Royals. But uh, I still like Queens there. I'm with the market a little bit. Uh, the minus two. But I would rather Kai's best bet wins. So, go, nice. go Gulf Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I would too. Kai has a great break time, by the way. Thank you for uh, for picking up my stumbling slack on the intro. I, okay. My lean was to the Eagles fly eagles fly just think their talent's going to pop back up to that non-conference level you talked about just some monster impressive efforts there in the first month of the season but um yeah i came crashing down to earth there during conference play let's pivot to the other ace on tilt here bellman versus north florida as we just labored belabored at the intro this is on a neutral site jim the birds of trey uh, very interesting situational uh handicap here birds of trey just beat bellerman Mm-hmm. Um, at home. Now they play again in the rematch. I want to note that they were in this same spot earlier this year against Jacksonville. And I bet pretty big on Jacksonville trying to bet against the, uh, you know, next game back, back to back flip flop uh, and North Florida took care of them easily. So I think this team is almost immune to that um, as one precedent to mention, but what do you, t- what are your thoughts on this game? I think it's a tough matchup for Bellerman because their offense is that very continuity, no dribble type stuff, a lot of ball movement, man movement that confuses the defense, but against the zone, which North Florida mixes in quite a bit, it's not as advantageous because you kind of just have to hit the spots with passing rather than all the cutting and stuff isn't going to distract guys because they just, you you go through your zone, let them go. There's not as much um, miscommunication issues on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I think maybe that first matchup is telling with, with North Florida winning by 12. I'm sure neither coach is pulling out all the stops knowing that a, a potential rematch was hmm. pending and neither was playing for a league title or anything. Uh, but I, I do lean North Florida here. Kai, do you have anything strong? You are the A-Sun writer from the All-Caps Almanac. <laughs> yeah, I don't, th- I don't think I did very well, though, ATS-wise, on the A-Sun here, Jim. Uh, North Florida's been playing really well lately. Uh, four and one straight up and against the spread last five. Six and two last eight. It was a team that was very frustrating early on in conference play because – they return just about everybody, top 10 in the country in returning minutes on this team. Most of them, including me, expect them to be sort of top five in this league. But defense has held them back. You mentioned they mix in zone. It's just such a porous defense. It's one of the worst in, in the country. And Bellerman, yeah, they're a better man-to-man offensive team. But I think Davenport can, can draw something up and adjust from game one. I trust him a lot as a coach. Um, and we've seen him success in this tournament before. Certainly, uh, injuries have been a factor this year. They're not the same team as last year. And they lost a lot of pieces, but I think they respond well here. I actually lean towards Bellerman plus three. Yeah, I did too. I just wish I had the uh, the better number. Um, 
I actually wrote up North Florida at the better price at minus three. I'm really torn in this game. I don't really have a strong lane. I think the price is pretty accurate. Um, I think that immediate revenge is notable uh, for the night. So if you believe in that, that'll be working in your favor um, tonight. All right, we're going to head out west. Kai, juicy spot here as well, um, at least in the eyes of some. Eastern Washington is hosting Montana State. Eastern Washington was the undefeated Big Sky overlord until they got tripped up over the weekend. Everyone's looking ahead to this spot as kind of the the do or die. Can they complete the regular season um, flawless record? Now they sit here with one loss. Do they bounce back against Montana State or do the Road Bobcats get it done in Cheyenne? Yeah, Eastern Washington finally lost. <laughs> that, that was surprising. Uh, Idaho State, not the team I would have expected to, to finally take down the Eagles. Um, Montana State, I think, is also locked in at the two seed. So there's no angle in terms of uh, playing for a higher seed in the Big Sky Tournament. These teams are one and two. Eastern Washington beat Montana State on the road in game one. They led by as many as nine, but it was pretty back and forth throughout. Eastern Washington is such a tough team to beat because they don't miss. 10 for 27 from deep in the first game, 18 for 20 from the free throw line. They're just such a good shooting team. However, I still think Montana State's the best team in this league. They have the best defense by a significant margin. I think we see them put up a, um, a good fight here. I lean towards their way at plus two. Real, real quick yeah. here. Sorry, it's uh, Cheney, not Cheyenne. I want to make sure I get that correct. Cheney, um, yeah. Cheney, Cheney. Washington. Cheney. Thank you, Jim. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Montana State is my best bet here. Plus two. I'm taking that. Kai, you mentioned them having the best defense in the league. Specifically, it's the best interior defense. Um, they, they have the best two-point percentage against in the conference. That's crucial against Eastern Washington, who shoots like 65% in league play from two-point range. you got to be able to combat, combat them inside. I think they can. Uh, I like that road flip-flop angle between two teams of relatively equal ability. Uh, maybe not the same when there's a stark contrast in ability, but these two are very, very close. And maybe the the one loss for Eastern Washington kind of like cracks their mental state a little bit where they were just rolling, rolling, rolling every single game. And now suddenly it's like, oh, we're mortal. We're not completely invincible like we thought we had been. I like Montana State there. I know there's no seeding angle here, Matt, but I think there's some – psychological advantage to getting a big win over this team as you enter the league tournament. I agree with you. I was so close to adding it myself, just really bothered by the fact that Eastern Washington lost over the weekend. I think this was like the all-time spot to fade Eastern Washington on this magical carpet ride run, but then, of course, it kind of came to an abrupt halt over the weekend at the hands of the Bengals. So I am not getting involved here, Jim, but I think you have the right side. Let's finish up the outline here. We're going to MIAC. That's right, Mr. John Rothstein's domain of expertise uh north carolina central is hosting norfolk state kai we have some regular season title implications on the line here uh both teams are either tied or a game behind it's a two and two three-way tied atop the uh, leaderboard at the current uh mark norfolk nine and three howard nine and three with their recent swim and nc central at eight and four with only uh two games uh remaining here Kai, I lean toward Norfolk. I think they're the more complete team. I've been in on this team more from start to finish. I think you see more of the teams play to their true form and caliber late in the year. And I think when there's equal motivation, I lean Norfolk. Your take. Yeah, uh, they have two tough road games, Norfolk, to finish conference play. It's it's here, and it's at Howard. So basically two of the best teams in the league. Um, That stands in their way to win another league title. I saw Robert Jones, their coach, tweet out, this is the first back-to-back 21 season for Norfolk since 2012, 2013. So kudos to him. He's a fantastic coach. It's a great program. Norfolk won game one by six. It was pretty close throughout. I still think this is by far the best team in the league. Um, it's the best offense in the, in the conference. 
North North Carolina Central has been relying on their defense. They have the best defense in, in the MEAC. On the offensive end, they rely on Wright and Boone to score. Fantastic guards for them. Uh, and, and Moten's no stranger to big games. He's been to the dance several times, been around the block. But ultimately, I like Norfolk's pieces better. And Jen, this is only the sixth time all season they've been a dog. So when you're offering me Norfolk plus three, plus three and a half, I, I, I lean their way. Yeah, I, I bet Norfolk to win the conference at like a little less than even money to start the year. I, I thought they were going to, you know, bringing everybody back from last year, I thought they'd kind of run through it. Clearly has not been the case, but I'm still clinging to hope that we can get there on a, a regular season title. Christian Ings being out like for an extended period of time, he's still not back, has been a major problem. One of their their key shot creators put a little bit more on Joe Bryant's plate. Uh, but I, I do like Norfolk here. I think they're a slightly better team getting three. I don't give a ton for, for these home games here in, in this league. And that kind of indicates they're about equals. Uh, I, I lean towards Norfolk nervous to bet it because I already have some decent investment in them winning this game from a long-term future sense. Uh, but Matt, definitely a, a Spartan lean for me on, on the matchup today. Yeah. Norfolk goes to Howard on Thursday, so they can basically uh, vault themselves into the Top spot here with two straight wins. Again, it's where I lean. So market apparently disagrees. They bet this from minus two to minus three with NC Central, but uh, go Spartans. Uh, fun team in the eyes of many Mizzou alumnus, as we all remember. The old uh, Robert Quinn first round. Way. Sorry, I didn't have to. I know. I'm sorry. I was, I didn't uh, we're getting it from the chat. We're getting it from you. O'Quinn. Chat's already thrown into, okay. Kyle, o- Kyle O'Quinn. Kyle O'Quinn. Robert Quinn. Sorry. Former Ram DN. Yes. Solid player. Um, <laughs> let's go to chat mob part two. All right. Matt, we're going to start with you from a question from Matt Akers. Southern at Florida A&M. I kind of considered Southern as a best bet here. I just think Florida A&M is not good. But laying in, laying points on the road in the SWAC, I don't know if that's wise. What do you think? Yeah, and Southern just got beat, right, um, at Bethune over the weekend. So you get a good bounce back spot. They're going from, uh, what is that, Tallahassee to Daytona. So I don't it's not a terrible drive. It's definitely better than a lot of the SWAC travels. And they had a week off before that. Yeah, I kind of lean Southern here too. Jim is kind of a bounce back smashy spot. Yeah, sitting seven in the six and a half, seven in the market for the record. Yeah. Campon has a five. Wow. Yeah. Kai Montana at Idaho. Uh, let's see. Montana right now laying five. Idaho has definitely trended back down. Early in the year, we were kind of like, whoa, how, how good is this Vandals team? But uh, haven't been nearly as dominant or, or impressive in league play. You think the Grizz get a big W on the road here in the big sky? Yeah, tough. I, I think it's a weird place to play Idaho, and, and they seem to have this this knockout punch ability in, in their back pocket. So I, I tend not like to fade them as a as a home dog um, because I can't really trust what I'm going to get every single night from them. And Montana certainly a vulnerable team this year. They're not the Montana of old. They're they're susceptible to losing uh, as a favor on the road. So I, I'd probably stay away. Yeah, not a ton on the line there. Montana locked into the four seed. Idaho is going to be playing in the opening round of that tournament, no matter what happens. So, again, motivation stuff tough to tough to deduce there. Um, I believe that's it for chat mob questions that I've seen. Oh, Matt uh, from Dennis Parker, Coppin State and Delaware State. I really like Delaware State at home. Uh, I think that Coppin performance last week was an aberration. So I kind of lean towards the Fighting Stan Watermans. Anything for you on that game? Yeah, it feels like a team that is you know you're going to get like a hard, gritty, gutty effort versus a team that's extremely volatile and also injury riddled as well. I I, I kind of lean with you, Jim. It's tough for me to bet against Coppin as a dog given the talent disparity there, but the talent disparity is not that big when you factor in the injuries. So I kind of like your your angle. All right. All right. Good. Uh, yeah, I think we can go to best bets. 
I'll start us off. Uh, oh, man, I forgot to talk about the stare down for Fair McCaffrey. <laughs> Good stuff. We don't have to talk about that right now, but that, that was ridiculous. I like we'll Fran. Talk, we'll talk about it on our now. podcast. Do you? Okay, we'll talk no, about that later. No, I don't. Uh, reminder of my best bet. It's Florida Gulf Coast uh, plus two. Neutral site game against Queens. A-Sun tournament. Hoping Pat Chambers delivers for me. To Jim. My best bet was Montana State plus two. They are on the road at Eastern Washington, but I think they make a little mini statement before the Big Sky Tournament of, hey, we're coming for you, Iwash. We're coming for you. So Montana State, Matthew. Northern Colorado, minus five. I uh, hinted at it earlier, but the um, I think there's a little bit of a, just a very juicy spot situationally here. You're getting that Idaho State team that just beat Eastern Washington. Now they go on the road uh, to Northern Colorado here. So I think it's going to be a, a, a just a great spot for a team that I haven't trusted all year in Northern Colorado, right? They've been kind of underperforming, underachieving, um, and Steve Smiley's talked about that too, but I think they're they're better than than what we've seen. And I think today they they uh, they put a pretty good beating on Idaho State and kind of a throwaway game for uh, for the Bengals, in my opinion. So Northern Colorado minus five. I almost took first half minus three, but I'll go full game. That's all we got, I believe. Thank you for joining. Be back tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, same time, uh, one Eastern, ten Pacific. That's my time currently, twelve Central. Until then, good luck tonight. Winners only, please, gambling gods. Thank you.